going on, guys? It's me, it's me, it's SG3 coming to you guys live with Uncle Lisp and Tony the Kid. We're going to be talking about sports talk today in the VJAC Rundown Sports Edition. Tony the Kid, introduce yourself, please. What's going on, people? This is me, me, Tony the Kid, baby. What's up? I, I call plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to do your thing since you're doing the intro today, so I got to do your thing. Okay, here goes. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Lisp, take it away, man. Hi, everybody. Oh, crap. All right. God, All right. Always. All right. Sounds good. No enthusiasm, no energy, nada. That's cool. We gave him enthusiasm for his show, but he can't with, he can't with Super K. That's well, fine. The difference That's... between you guys is that you guys are all around energy. Me, I got to, like, let it build, you know? No, if I start off all energized, like the energizer bunny, no. I'm going to run out. No, you're just old, like, man. It's because it's not wrestling. That's why. Exactly. Oh, it's sports. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> well. I think we're talking about topics I know about today. I mean, it's sports, and it's, uh, it's not Batman or Hulk Hogan or right. wrestling. So, eh, all right. Hi, everybody. <laughs> well, since we're talking about sports, let's get into some crazy news that's been going on for sports. Ah. Wait, wait, can we just talk about the breaking news first? Go ahead. I want, I want to talk about this one all day. Oh. Chicago well, Bears, I'm to not... Sign, or excuse me, to, to not go with the, the, the option for Mitchell Trubisky's fifth year. That's right. Somebody, somebody give me some fanfare. Somebody give me some celebration music. They declined it. They declined right. it. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That was expected. It's expected. Well, you uh, know what, though? Hold on. Can we talk about how the fact the Kansas City Chiefs picked up the option to you know, for Patrick Mahomes' fifth year? Uh, how about that? Uh, it's expected. It's okay. It's expected. It's all right. You know what, though? I like how the fact that the sports writer called it a no-brainer for Patrick Mahomes. Huh. Yes, it's a no-brainer. I mean, if you really want somebody to suck so bad for you, go ahead, pick him up. Go ahead, pick him up. That's fine. I think you should let him go. That's why Chicago. No. Here's the sad part. It's going to be funny because every time they let somebody go in front of the Chicago Bears, they seem to do better with the other teams they're in. No, I, I, can, I can tell you, I can tell you, tell you three right now that they didn't. <laughs> I can see okay, it. Hit me. We'll see. Jones, Rex Grossman, and um, um, oh, who the heck was the other guy? Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. never mind. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> never mind my statement. I retract my statement or whatever it's called. <laughs> Well, like you all said, that was breaking news, I guess. Uh, other breaking news that just happened recently. Cowboys signing Andy Dalton from the Bengals. After the Bengals cut him, I think just earlier today, if I'm not mistaken. They cut him yesterday. Cut him yesterday. So Cowboys picks him up. Not too sure. If that's a. I don't know if it's a smart move, possibly, but or is it what type of move that is? Because, I mean, they got Dak Prescott over there who... In my opinion, is perfect for the Cowboys at the moment right now. Um, no, so I don't. Not too. Sure. I'm not too sure how to go with that just yet. But maybe I, it's... I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Let's flashback for a quick second. What? Let's flashback back to the 2007, 2016, 2017 playoffs, first round. Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys were hot. Everybody was talking. Actually, you know what? Excuse me. Second round. Everybody was talking about the Dallas Cowboys going crazy. Everybody was talking about Dallas Cowboys probably going to the Super Bowl finally. Everyone was saying Dallas Cowboys look good. It was Dax and Zeke's first year. First thing I told everybody, no, the Dallas Cowboys don't beat Green Bay. Everybody looked at me, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. When it's 21 nothing, it's still in the first half, we could have a different conversation. What was the score in the first half? Before Morgan Burnett went out, twenty-one nothing. Horrible. And the main reason why, and I'll tell you like this: Dak Prescott is an average quarterback. You know what? I know I've never thrown a football in my life. I'm not an NFL quarterback, but stat-wise, he's an average quarterback. He's just he's just surrounded by a bunch of workhorses. And first year, he had Des Bryant and he had Zeke, so you had a double threat. But the moment, if you if you watch that game, when Morgan Burnett was when he would throw. His favorite target, which was that, which was uh, that's Brian. 
what would happen? You had Morgan Burnett and you had the cornerback always on 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 that. The moment the moment he got hurt, I said, man, now it's gonna be probably game of the year because now Des Bryant's about to light him up. Mm-hmm. There it was. Uh, but I feel that though that he's asking for forty million. Yeah. For me personally, he hasn't proved it to the fact that he's he's worth forty. I'll give Zeke forty. I'll give Zeke forty in the day of the week. I'll go with that what? too. I think at the moment right now, to depending according to uh who's the owner? Jerry Jerry Jones. Jerry he, Jones. He's just not he doesn't have faith in Dak. And that's been going on since day one of Dak being involved. So, and even before he was picked it up in the draft. It's been going on since then. It's a weird, weird uh marriage, I guess, at this point right now, of what's been going on just because he never had confidence in Dak. But for Dak to have that success just because of what was surrounding him, it just so happens that we all can say, why even not sign Dak at this moment right now? But it's a it's illusion. It's an illusion. Like if if you if you think about it, when Des Bryant left and before they signed Cooper, who was really talking about the Cowboys offense? Mm-hmm. And nobody was talking about the Cowboys' offense, right? But at this point, that's why. Like, I think this is why I think they brought in Dalton. Firstly, to light a fire under the kids behind, but secondly, though, to help the kid time his throws. And I have a feeling that they're going to take an average quarterback and make him good. And now you're looking at everyone now again. Dak Prescott's good. Dak Prescott's this. I'm like, no, that's Andy Dalton's work. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton has mentioned this kid to be what he is. Or they can do the same thing that they're probably doing in Chicago. They probably just brought in the old quarterback to get rid of the young quarterback. Because Dalton has numbers. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Dalton, he, he may not have the best numbers, right. but, but he's got numbers. Yeah, he does. For someone numbers. who doesn't have a lot of talent on that team, yeah, he, he's got numbers. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Also, actually, by the way, for, for Chicago, let's go with the fact that they signed Tayshawn Gibson, the free safety. Yep. And then they also signed Ted Ginn Jr. Which is okay pickups. Eh. Uh, you know, a safety, I, in my opinion, I don't know about the safety aspect of it. Maybe he could help out Jackson, but I still feel like they're leaving Jackson out there by himself at the moment right now. I feel that Chicago is probably on the on the way the way pace is making it look. These guys had great careers three, four years ago. Maybe they still have something left in the tank. Yeah. That's the way it looks to me and and honestly, I did some research on, on pace. I did not know that he was not a general manager before. This is the first general manager job. Yep. Leave it to the ownership of the Bears to get a guy who's never had a single experience of owner. I see a general manager to become a general manager. Well, who did he replace before? Phil Emery? I think so. So it's like you go from Phil Emery to this guy. So it's like really, really. And I I give it to at least Phil Emery. He's the one that at one point brought brought in Brandon Marshall. Brought in Bennett, who that was a that was a big trio combo right there with Matt Forte. You brought in who else at that point? He brought, he brought in, in Peppers. Peppers. He brought in my guy Peppers for sure. Like I mean, Peppers wasn't like the greatest at you know for some time, but, but still he, he was solid. Yeah, for him to be, he was he had good numbers being on the defensive line. Um Especially for him to have Erlacher in the right there in the linebacking. You had Erlacher, you had Briggs, you had Jones, you had I mean you had Jennings, you had uh Tillman. So it's like that was that was what he brought in. Um or helped bring in at that moment. But I don't know. Oh Lord knows. Holy Lord knows can we figure out what's gonna happen. Uh I'll say like this. I'm I'm not too sold on the Ted Ginn Jr. thing. Not yet. I think he's more of um, a... He had Cam Newton throwing to him, and he still was not producing a very good enough numbers for me in order to say, hey, this is a good pickup. Yeah. I feel like it's just one of those... 
he's one of those receivers that's jumping from place to place trying to find a job. His name gets in there because he makes one or two highlight passes every six or seven games. That's about it. I don't know. That's right. No, I I don't like that pickup. Um, I feel that there is still probably a couple of other wide receivers we could have gone after. I agree. Um, so definitely see what happens there. Yep. Um, I still don't. I, I I'm looking at that that pickup as Taylor Gabriel all, all over again. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, NBA 2021 season maybe begin in December and July or August, depending on what's going on with the pandemic. Uh, NBA considering playing in Disney Disney World if playing games do become safe again. So. I guess we're going to be seeing Disney World hosting NBA. Not bad. Which you know what? At this point, I feel like it's it's a positive thing for both. For it's it's a positive thing for both companies. Exactly. Positive because you know what? You could probably get the kids in now. Mm-hmm. You know, oh look, they have Mickey on on the TV. All right, right cool. Um, but at the same time, though, it's you're still it's still a big arena. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, it's still it's still a big like location. Right. But it's not it's not. Super duper empty where it looks like it's a pickup. Is it looks completely like like uh, practice? Exactly. So not bad, not bad place to do it right now. At least in the meantime, to go from there. Maybe in the future they have a few of them. Uh, NASCAR is racing again. Going to start up in May, May seventeenth. But they are not going to have any fans. So that's going to be good for all them white hillbillies, buddy. They love them some race car driving. Boy, they do. Yes, they do. So. Um, so not too bad. I guess I'm gonna be excited for some race car. I mean, uh, at this point, if you think about it, we're start next to marble racing. It's it's a comeback. That's true. Uh, football Saints. They are signing James Winston. They signed James Winston. Oh yeah, they signed him already. That's very true. But you know what? It's for a, all the people. Excuse me. Sorry. You go, were saying go, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's a flippy floppy thing. I'm not. I don't know how to take that in right now. I like it. I like it for what Jameis said. I like it for the way Winston is looking at this. I'm learning from one of the best quarterback coaches in the NFL today, Sean Payton. And I'm learning from a future Hall of Famer. So when he steps out, which basically Drew Brees is out this season, mm-hmm. because he already has a TV deal, I think, with um, either ESPN, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He has to deal with one of them. He has to deal with either NBC or with ESPN. Okay. Um. In order to, for him to be uh, a football uh, 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 analyst, analyst. Mm-hmm. so at this point it's like cool. So you're letting me basically learn from from the two best right now in the business. Cool. I, I I don't see I don't see anything wrong with it, um, and I feel that he's also humbling himself to say, you know what? I feel like I I needed to learn more, and I don't think I was learning enough where I was at, and I feel like I I basically got too ahead of myself. Possibly. Good aspect of it. I like that. So, uh, you know what? I respect him for that. Uh, who else we got? That's going up from there. General manager for the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> Andrew Berry. I guess yeah. he's shutting down the rumors of OBJ being traded. Um, in my opinion, I think they should trade him. Get some, get some worth out of it. But where... Who knows? Wants him. I'm not too sure any other location at the moment right now. I think thus far, in my opinion, uh, OBJ has been overrated. I feel like he's been very uh, patent when it comes to his incidents in the media to where uh, it's just, um, you know, he's good for the business. And they're looking over all the stuff that he's done. But that's just my opinion. I'm not too sure to take that. Here's the way I take it. That kid is very talented. That kid could could honestly be one of the greatest receivers of all time. He could be in the mix of it. He could be with your, your with your with your Jerry Rice's. He could be there with your with your Calvin Johnsons. You know, he could again. He could be up there. He could be with with Randy Mosses. He could be in that conversation for what he's done on the football field, what he can do on the football field. The kid's got to shut up. <laughs> play, plain and simple. Just <laughs> shut up. Play. Don't say anything. Be like Marshawn Lynch. There you go. At this point, like Marshall, I'm serious. I won't get fined. You shut up and you walk out. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I like if that. If you have that mentality, 
believe me, that kid will, like I said, he would be the one of the, uh, in the in the conversation for greatest of all time in regards to catches. But the thing is, though, the kids can't shut up. Yep. Gets and I feel like trouble. at this point, if you're, he could have done something in New York. Um, at this point, let's put if if he does get traded. You know, aside from you know, because again, that was a great tandem. But if you want, if you want to really let him go, um, let's put it: if I was the if I was the Cowboys, just to be super petty, mm-hmm. I'll pick him up. I'll make him a superstar. Imagine that. Imagine now this: you have Dak. You know what? I'll give him. I'll give him his credit. He had the work coach called Zeke. He had the tight end. I don't know who the heck he is. Uh, you have on one side though. You have Amari Cooper, and on the other side you have OBJ. Try stopping that offense. Yeah, no lie. I think that that would be really good. No lie. That actually be a really good setup there if that does happen. And, I mean, they have the pockets for it. Yep. Now, if you could just get yourself a coach who actually knows how to coach, it's another conversation. That's true. Then you're not – everyone's looking at – now no one's looking at Cowboys like, oh, okay, cool. So you guys got a team. You guys still don't have a coach. Get yourself a coach, you know what, like like, uh, almost a Sean Payton, a Bruce Arians. You know, so someone like that. Now everyone's going to be saying, "Okay, cool." So let's take away the spotlight away from from Tampa Bay and everybody. Let's actually focus on the real team mm-hmm. called Dallas Cowboys. And I'm not a Cowboy fan, but I'll be honest right there. I'll I'll even I'll even say, you know what, man, Cowboys are looking solid. There you go. Could be. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Could be. Uh, Roger Goodell is reducing his salary to zero dollars just because of the COVID epidemic. So I'm guessing he's going to be using that towards their resources, which is good. Not too bad. A good uh, Easter Bunny type of guy. You know, looks like it. I guess if you get some ears growing there. But uh, not bad. He has the teeth for it. Yeah, that's why, exactly why I said Easter Bunny. Exactly why I said it. Passed, but looks just like it. Actually, uh, you know what? If, if we were to highlight another another franchise, I know we're not fans of them, but can we highlight the, the Los Angeles Lakers? For they got the government aid because they have less than 500 employees and they sent it back. They mm-hmm. said, we don't need it. We're good. Send it to somebody else that needs it. That's good. That's really so, good. I, you know what? Kudos to them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, PSG, what is that? We'll continue. Paris Saint-Germain. That's a, that's a soccer team in the French League. Okay, it's going to continue on in US, UCL? Is uh, UEFA Champions League in the oh, Champions League. There you go. Um, so they, so the sad news is, unfortunately, that's another league that has been suspended until September. Uh-huh. And there's, there's not gonna. Um, so far, it looks like they already gave them a trophy though, because they were twelve points ahead. So silver lining, you know what? We close the season, but we're still gonna give you the trophy. Unlike uh, in in Holland, um, the other news there in regards to European soccer is that it looks like Spain has started uh, training. So it looks like teams are starting to now train. Gotcha. Teams could actually host trainings, you know, for, for players uh, digitally. So okay. you're looking at uh, a lot of teams are actually doing it digitally. The other thing is that the Italian league, so the Serie A at this point, they they uh, they had a conversation with all the teams and they had a vote and said, do you guys want to finish the season or do you guys want to just stop the season? Uh-huh. All the teams actually, so you're looking at 20 teams, all of them voted, let's finish the season. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know when they're going to pick it up. There hasn't been like a specific date, but they basically said, "Let's just finish the season when we finish it." Okay. Not bad. Uh, what else we got? Then that kind of ties in with the football. Uh, what other football stuff? Hall of Famer Brett Favre predicts Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. I, I again, I, I, I say it. I believe it. I just don't think he's coming to Chicago. Um, nope. I feel that if he goes, you know what? I'll play the doubles advocate one more time. I feel like he may go to San Francisco. Ooh. Hmm. I feel San Francisco picks him up for about two years, and within those two years, with all the talent they have, they have the cap- they have the capability to win the Super Bowl. Okay, not too bad. Good prediction there. Um... Why? You know what? Why not give him what he wants? Give him what he wants. He wanted San Francisco from the beginning. It's just the fact that San Francisco picked up Alex Smith. And what's the first thing he said? San Francisco's going to regret not picking me up, and I'm going to show them why. And, I mean, you know what? Besides leg injury, can help but notice who has the better numbers. That's true. And at that, too, Alex Smith, I mean, he's always been a, um, a rotation player, I guess you would say. More 
more of the, I'm going to put him in there. I know I can win some games. He's a solid guy. Gives us good leadership. But once we get the right guy that we're he looking for. He can't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Once we get the right guy that we're looking for, he's going to teach. He's going to help. And it's going to move on out. So, I guess that's how the rotation is. Um, last but not least, Evander Holyfield's comeback. What's your intake on that? I'm not too sure the whole comeback thing. What what is that? What was that whole thing on Twitter about? I feel like people are saying they're saying uh, charity. They're saying that he's going to do an exhibition match for charity. Uh, but I don't know. It'd be funny if it's against Tyson. A lot of people are saying Tyson. It would be cool to see Holyfield Tyson four. Um, I don't know. Are you talking about Mike Tyson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tyson Fury would destroy. <laughs> no, no the, you don't want to do that. Give him, the, give him the one, two, three. Out. Yeah. Height, reach, agility. No, <laughs> that's a bad combination. That's like when you put Oscar versus Manny Pacquiao. Bad combination. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm thinking to tell you the truth. If you think of it, uh, he might be doing what Chavez has done recently. That. Uh, Exhibition fights with probably like a good friend of his, and and I can see it where where the record doesn't matter. It's just you know what I mean. Don't get me wrong, dude. That that one Chavez versus um, Odyssey fight, the exhibition fight you uh, that what we saw, and dude, that was hilarious when they knocked down the referee. <laughs> Straight right, referee goes down, comes right back up. Hold on. Why would you get in the way of that? That's ridiculous. That's hilarious, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, what I like about that is that they weren't just, they were actually brawling it out though. More than some of the guys nowadays. Definitely. Uh moving along on uh I guess we say sad note, but a little throwback to when Junior Seau a couple of years ago, Mr. SU three shared a post on Facebook of his uh suicide. Now Definitely sad news. One of one of the NFL greats, I think, for sure, as far as linebackers concerned. Played with the Chargers, played for the Patriots. Um, I'm not too sure if he played anywhere else afterwards. Just those two. Just those two. Just those two teams. He never, won, he never won a ring, unfortunately. But you know what? Came At this point, so close. But for, for me personally, it's not about for the way I look at sports. It's not about how much, how many rings you win. It's about what you contribute on the field. And Seau changed the linebacker position. Definitely. He was a, phenom- a phenomenal player, phenomenal person um, as far as teammates concerned. He, you could, when his helmet was off, he had that smile that electrified everybody. But when he put on that helmet and when he tackled that person, whoever, that player, running back, receiver, tight end, Quarterback, it just that person felt it, and I think when it came to his play, it's it needs to be um, remembered. You never questioned his work ethic. That's exactly. It. You never questioned his work ethic. Um, rest in peace, to Junior Seau. Yeah. Um, that's all I got to say. It's been eight years, but still, a rest in peace, to Junior Seau. I know still a lot of people who take it personally, who, who actually excuse me, who are still standing by it. Yeah. You know, because they were big fans of him. Definitely, definitely. One of one, well, I, no lie, one of the top favorite players I used to play when I played Madden. When he was ever on there at all whatsoever, he was definitely one of my top two linebackers um, to have on my team. And even at that, his ratings were never really high up there when it came to linebacker because I think at that time frame you also had Lewis. You had Ray Lewis on there. Erlacher. Uh, Erlacher in the mix. So those always were back and forth when it came to one and two. Seau could have been third or fourth, maybe in the fifth one sometimes. But no matter what, it, he you just knew what you got on, as far as a team player, a linebacker itself. Like one of those type yeah. of people that will give you their blood and literally their life for pretty much the yard, just for that extra yard. So yep. it was really awesome. You know, really awesome to see him play. Sad to see him go. Um, hopefully your family's better. Hopefully everything is going well. I know for a fact, you know, they have good memories when it comes to watching the football field. 
uh, of his games or anything like that. So, no, go from there. Um, Another topic, of course, Legendary Fight Night, guys. Legendary Fight Nights. Uh, Two fights in mind, I guess, we're going to be talking about today. We got. So I'm I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Oh, hold on, wait. Before we continue, I have not. I've never seen Legendary Finance. Nope. Gotta watch them. Interesting. Fun. I watched the fights we're about to talk about, but I've never. Definitely fun. Actually, yeah, because the fights were actually thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. See. Now. I sent Anthony that video. Mike Tyson versus Douglas. Uh, what's the first name, of Douglas? Buster. Uh, Buster. James Buster Douglas. James Buster Douglas. Um, and then fight number two, Chavez versus Taylor. Now, both fights, no lie. The knockdowns were surprising. The outcome was by far boxing's in top, you could say top 10 or even top 15 when it comes to controversy. I was in the top five, but okay. He wanted to be generous, okay. I, you know, I think also, too, when it comes to that, you can also say Leonard. Leonard, um, Sugar Leonard versus uh, Hearn, if I'm not mistaken. Which one was that? Leonard versus Hagler? Hagler. There you go. So, it's in a mix. It just It's in a mix of there. You know what I mean? Um, but Tyson versus Douglas, I don't know about you guys. I think watching the fight itself... Definitely, you can kind of see Tyson. When it came to this first round, no lie, you get to see Tyson a little different. You, his body language gave you an aspect of some just not right with you. Because by far, you could have knocked that dude down easily. But either your power wasn't there, your mindset wasn't there, the body movement definitely wasn't there. And it kind of... It was a little shocking to see how long it went, round-wise. He got the knockdown, if I'm not mistaken, around eight against um, against Douglas. But then Douglas got the knockout number nine. Ten. Ten? And what, I think either ten or eleven. Yeah, but it, it literally happened like not that far after. Or it was either seven, then nine. It well, was like one, two rounds uh, difference. Well, I know for sure eight. That was finally the round that Douglas got knocked down. So, eight mm-hmm. rounds it took? He didn't get knocked down. He got knocked out. <laughs> Who? Douglas got knocked out, dude. I don't care what anyone says. Count. If you look, there was a moment where the ref kind of was going one. And if you if you were to count even with the pause, it's, it's a 13-second count. Uh-huh. Douglas was out for the count. Can anybody says Douglas is off of that count. Um, I give again. I'm not taking away anything from Douglas. I, I kind of like know a little bit of the backstory, and I feel that like Douglas was fighting for more than just the just just uh, the first one, just the mark. Yeah. His mom had just passed away. Yeah. His wife and his kid were back at home sick. So that man was he. He went through some stuff. He went. He went through a couple hurdles. Yeah. Um, especially with what his mama used to do to him. I, I won't get too much into that, but honestly, though, uh, to me, one of the biggest controversies, even Mike Tyson said, I, I knocked him out. If you look at his, like a stand-up special, not, not stand-up, excuse me, where he does a special, where he talks about his life, talks about his boxing, he says, I knocked him out. And he counts it. When the referee starts counting, there was like a, a good pause, and Tyson gets to 13, when Douglas gets up. So. Really you're going to be eating during the show? Really? You're going to be doing that? We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to play a nice kind of game right now. But I'm also watching what you're talking about right now. And. Watch it dude. It's a 13 second count. Goes in. Goes in. Goes up. Goes up. Boom. Uppercut. Gets knocked down. One. One. Two. Two, three, four, five, uh-huh. six, Looks seven, around. eight, yep. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Wow, that starts it off. You are right. Count, dude. Damn. 
<laughs> Should have been called a knocked out. Wow. That right there, by far. That's crazy. Should have been knocked out. That is mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. So I said what I said. It's a 32-second count. I I applaud James Buster Douglas for what he did in that fight. Yeah. I applaud James Buster Douglas for what the, the demons he had to go through in that fight. But he lost that fight. But at that, too, for a Tyson fight, it's like when – like the one thing that we all – when we all talk about Tyson and we all mention his name, it's we always have to attach the power, the the velocity of strength that came from the punch that when he landed either on the head or the, even the body, the body shots was by far – impactful to the to the fighter themselves to where it's like they never ever even if they saw it coming the feeling that they felt when they got hit was like a train so it just it just goes to show that either one tyson punches weren't as powerful as they were that night when it came to douglas two douglas backstory gave him that extra push to take those punches that was given to tyson and at that Tyson from there was like, man, I'm giving you all that I got. Same as I've done any every fighter I've done before that put these people on the canvas after the second round and me to win this fight, but yet you're still pushing and we've lasted thus far this long. If you look at the fight, Buster kept giving him the punches. Yep. Buster kept coming. Combinations. That's the first time that's the first time ever. That Tyson was attacked. Mm-hmm. Look, he was never attacked like that, so he wasn't used to it. Exactly. One, but even Tyson know himself in, in, in that special he did. Even he said, "You know what, man? I was the top of the world." Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what? That same night, I, he goes the night before I had sex. The same day I had sex. You know, I I, I wasn't there, man. I wasn't training. Uh-huh. I didn't take the fight serious. You know, like because I was just going fight after fight after fight after fight. To me, it was like, all right, cool. I don't care. I was on top of the world, man. I was making money, and I didn't want to know what to do with it. Exactly. So that's why I feel that Tyson lost the fight. Aside from you know the thirteen count and everything, the yep. conspiracies. Honestly, he even he said, "I lost the fight because I wasn't in the fight." Yeah, and that, and because you can, if I was in the fight, I had trained a little bit more. We would have this conversation. I right don't now. think so. I mm-hmm. definitely would not think so. No lie. Looking back at it. I think if he, if Tyson, Mike Tyson would have the prop, the way he trained before in his fights, and his mindset was that fight would lasted two, thir- three rounds tops. My Casamaru. So, Casamaru out would have been out. Uh, Up the list. What do you think? Yes, you've been quiet, man. No, I have to be able to quiet right now. <laughs> Why? Because you're in the toilet. Nasty. So no, no, sit down no. just like that. Uh, where I'm at, it's hard for me to make a lot of noise. I gotta kind of like whisper here. Who's that? Get out of the library. Next time, don't do this at the library, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, hey, do it at the library. Do it, do it in the, uh, do it in the recording booth. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, I to agree with you guys. Uh, yeah. Um, I believe that. Buster Douglas did lose the fight. Just by the count that they did with Tyson when he punched him, uppercut him, he was down for 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. But it's still, if he said the referee had something to do with it or someone else. Cool. So um, I'm going to bounce off something off of uh, Uncle Lisp. And as he said, you know, as we both all have agreed, there was 13 count is one. You even decide for yourself, Tony the Kid. But number two, though, is that Tyson, when he landed in that uppercut, you felt it. Exactly. <laughs> we could run the list of people who felt that, that, that mighty uppercut. Um, I feel that, though, that that's just the biggest controversy was that I feel that they wanted to give Buster just a little bit more time. And I and I feel like 
know, maybe, but you know what? I feel at that point with Don King, that's when the, actually his boxing started kind of going south. And that's when but Don King was like, well, you know, we got to have the second and third fights and, and this kind of fights and that kind of fight. And I feel that though, that he, when he saw how good the, if, you know what, is there, there's always that one pause in between rounds for that minute. And I feel that maybe Don King kind of told him, hey, dude, make sure Buster wins. Yeah. Buster's been giving him the, um, Buster's, Buster's been giving him the works all night. Your Here's business. a couple little more bucks for you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, let that Buster win tonight. Yeah. So I feel that that's why, that's why Buster actually won. Excuse me, because I feel that eventually down the road, it was going to be Buster versus, you know, Mike Tyson one more time. And, you know, again, it was, it was going to sell out. Because mm-hmm. who would not have paid to see James Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson round two where, you know, Mike Tyson's trying to fight for redemption. Buster's trying to say, look, man, you didn't knock me out. I got up. Exactly. Which I think that was pretty much, definitely people would definitely would have been into that for sure. But I think because after that fight, if I'm not mistaken, Douglas fought someone else and got rocked, killed, looked like a like nothing compared to the Tyson fight. He was out of shape. He didn't train, and he got paid a million dollars to lose. <laughs> After that, he retired. He opened up his own shop in Cleveland. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Before the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers, that was the only other celebration parade in Cleveland, in the city of Cleveland, mm-hmm. was Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson. So, I guess that's a bad... I forgot. I think, you know what? It wasn't Lewis. I think it was Holyfield. I think it was Holyfield after Tyson who faced Douglas, but Douglas said, I don't fight for less than a million. Mm-hmm. Douglas got his dues. Douglas went in out of shape. He looked, he didn't care about, he didn't care about boxing anymore. He knew what he was going to do after the fight, was going to retire and just do what he wanted to do. You're right. Yeah. Again, from Oakland, Holyfield knocked him out. And then after that, he said, I'm done. So at that point, it's like, Don King no longer had his famous trilogy that he was probably trying to aim. And I think that was probably going to be the first trilogy that he was going to have. That he was going to aim the heavyweight division. So that's just, that's just basically it. Um, you guys want to jump into the next one, which is going to be Chadwick versus Taylor? Which is also another epic one. Another epic controversy to most people. Straight up. Now... Let me ask you, Tony the Kid and Uncle Liz. Let me ask you both. You guys know why most people call it a controversy? Well, the way I saw it was the last the last round when when uh, what's his face? Oh my gosh, we just said it. Taylor, right? Yeah. When Taylor gets gets the right hook, no left hook from Chavez. Gets knocked down. Ref does the counting. He gets up. But yet the ref looking at him. He's looking, looking, looking. Calls the fight right then and there and says, nah, you're not good. You got to go. End of the fight. I feel like right there for a lot of people, the whole issue is it's the last round. You're counting. You did get knocked down. What, like, Go, what do they go from there? Like, for them, is why didn't you just end the fight? He already won the fight as it was anyways. Because he lost, now it goes to Chavez. Like, that was... Me looking at it was, it's a skeptic decision, but he did the right count. He got up to 12. Got I mean, got up to 10 right then and there. Like, the last number would have been 10 as soon as he got up in the corner. But him looking at him was the final decision of saying, nah, let's go. So I'm going to give you three different insights. Excuse me, I'm going to give you three three facts about this fight. I have listened to this fight from my father. I have listened to this fight from one of my, from one of my closest friends. And I learn more about the fight every time. First fact, Richard Steele was on... Uh, Don King's payroll. The referee. Yeah. Uh-huh. Second, 
as we all know, Chavez was at that point on Don King's payroll. Yep. Don King ref, Don King fighter. That's why most people think it's controversy because they helped each other out. Thirdly, when the fight ended, they asked Steele, why did you stop the fight? Steele said, this man was dead. He had both of his collar, both of his cheekbones broken. He had, I think, another bone in his in his face broken. He needed surgery immediately to finish, you know, to basically come back into normal. So he said, if I wouldn't have let Chavez hit him, I didn't know the time. If I would let Chavez hit him one more time, this man could have been dead. And it would have been on me. You know, my record, because I am a rep of, of dignity and I will never have a body on my count. And Taylor's too young to be basically the, the body on my count. Yeah. So I feel that at this point, there's one more thing now. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna give you and I'm gonna tell you guys something that I even showed to Uncle Liz when we saw the fight. Because I technically didn't see the fight until I was maybe 22, 23. Mm-hmm. If you look at round seven forward. According to which, you know what, uh, very quickly, Uncle Liz just, just sent us a message um, over over text saying, so he never heard the last one. According to Steel, he did not. According to Steel, I don't know. I just I just heard the pink, 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 and that's it. I guess at that point, he just doesn't keep in mind until the bellkeeper gives the, gives the gun. So I, I don't know. I, at that point, it would be nice to talk to a ref and just ask him, hey, when you hear the clap, 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 or when you hear the 10-second count, do you in the back of your mind count 10 seconds, especially if someone's knocked down, or are you trying to keep track of, hey, there's only 10 seconds left in the fight? Right. Or in the round or whatever. Um, it would be, nice be nice to have a conversation with the ref or someone who's actually studied the body, you know, who's, who's done it, why they once or twice. Um, but I don't want to say no. Like I said, I go, I go from here to there to everywhere, but I still come back to my point. In the seventh round, look at Taylor's back leg. He starts dragging the leg because he is no longer there. A lot of people also are speculating the fact that Lou Duba was drugging Taylor to continue the fight. Wow. Because if you look if you look at if you look at Taylor's face from round seven and on, he doesn't look the same anymore. And I don't know if he did a drug test, but if you look at him, he he wasn't hopping anymore. He was kind of more like dragging his leg. And I mean, Chavez was giving him the works, man. Chavez was with the rights and the lefts and, and you know, the uppercuts and the body shots. Yeah. Chavez is like, I can't bring this guy down. Like, I'm giving this guy my best work and this guy can't go down. And he's still staying there, going, going at so him face I to face. Feel, so most people, most people are even speculating the fact that Duba was actually drugging Taylor in the corner. Which it's like, it wouldn't surprise me if that were to be the case just because the way Chavez was as a fighter in general, he gave you volume of punches. And volume of punches that landed and that were, they, they connected regardless. It's like, he, to me, I saw Chavez, uh, like to kind of put it in perspective for nowadays fighters who are not too sure of the back in the day fighters, like a Nick Diaz. Like, a very consistent fighter, keep going at you, not giving you those big combo, highlight, and one-hit knockout type of punches, but gave you those type of punches that connected, and they came in they came in bunches, and it was just the way the type of fighter he was. And I felt that, like, all throughout the whole fight, you can kind of definitely see that happening to Taylor, but to me... Excuse me, but to, to me, Taylor was giving it right back at him, and he was going going the same pace, if not a little bit more faster than Chavez at that moment. And it's just you know you kind of in a way, regardless of my opinion, I think watching the fight, Taylor would have won that fight if it had not been for the stoppage. I that's felt, why that's why there's a controversy because Taylor had the fight won. Yeah, I and feel cards of the judges. Taylor had the fight won. Yes, definitely, I could see that. And for them to uh, and see that's a nut, that's why it's a big controversy just because of that last second of the fight and the last second decision for the fight really really 
bugged and is impacted as far as it being a controversy fight itself. It, here's what, here's my thing. Um, actually, Uncle Lisp, it was less than eight seconds. Because he got the 10, because Uncle Lisp was asked if it was eight, uh, eight seconds left. He heard the 10 seconds. Right. Chavez rocks him with the right, and that's when Taylor kind of does his little dance forward. Mm-hmm. That took around three to four seconds. There was literally two seconds left in that fight right. before it was called over. Yeah. So, what I was going to say, though, is um, to, to your point, Tony the Kid, you saw Taylor, you know, giving him the words, giving him the shots, giving him the blows and everything, and, you know, going, going blow to blow, and, you know, I'm returning with Chavez. I'm, you know, Chavez hits me once, I'm going to hit him three times. Right. Chavez hits me twice, I'm going to hit him six times. I feel, though, that even though Taylor was landing, they were pitter-patter punches. Mm. And they were just stat punches. They were just punches to basically keep his punch count higher than Chavez. Because at that point, I don't think that Taylor felt like he could actually win by by knockout, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I could see at that. This point, at this point, I feel like, you know what, if we were to go back to a, if we were to go back to another controversial fight, which we're not going to talk about right now, but let's go back to another controversial fight. Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Juan Marquez, the, uh, the third fight. Mm-hmm. When Marquez starts diminishing the punches, Pacquiao increased the punches. Yeah. So at this point, I think that that's I think Taylor's mentality was: he punches me once, I punch him three. He punches me two, I punch him six. He punches me four, I punch him ten. Yeah. But even you know what? Again, uh, to to Uncle Lewis's uh, comment, he just said the word had a strong chin. He may have had a strong chin, but at this point, though, look at the end. Like you know what? Let's put it: not all the punches were landed on the chin. Some of them were on his face. Some of them were on his body. You would have seen the toll of how many punches he took. Right. You would have seen the toll of it. You would have seen the marks. You would have seen, you know, the 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 the, the residue. I guess you call it. If you want to use the wrong word there, we would have seen. Uh, you would have just seen the residual outcome of a lot of punches being thrown to one specific spot. You know, that's why when most people bring up the number, uh, if we were to go to another number where they threw a lot of punches. Sergio Martinez versus uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. That or Chavez got hit with 112 punches in the chin and he did not go down once. Yeah, but if you guys remember, Martinez broke his hand in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And when he finally actually got him in the fourth round, that's what most people don't remember. It's in the fourth round, he gave him that right hand. And what did, what did uh, Chavez do? Chavez went, Chavez leaned back. Chavez was like, oh, okay, so you do have power. Yeah. This is not just a folktale. This is actually, it really happens. Right. So I have a feeling that, I'm not going to say that Taylor broke his hand, but I have a feeling that he was throwing pitter-patter punches uh-huh. to keep the stats up to make sure that he was he was looking better than what than what it was supposed to be. And that, in a way, he almost got away with that. That would have been probably, uh, to most people, um, either the one, the biggest robbery of boxing, or number two, the smartest thing in boxing to do. Wow. Uh, and now one thing I actually brought up to both Uncle RJ, excuse me, to Uncle Lisp, no, me, you got me messing up, Uncle Lisp. Um, that I brought up to Uncle Lisp and I brought up to my father, who actually showed me the fight initially, was that if you look at it, Taylor's not looking at the ref because Taylor's looking at Lou Duba, which was on the corner, which is his trainer, and he's kind of like trying to call his attention. So when you already got hit as many times as you got at the head, and you basically almost knocked your head into the into the ring post, yeah. and you get up, as a trainer, let him be. You stay on the ground until that final bell, boom, boom, boom. Cool, now I can finally celebrate with my boy. I'm good. But I have a feeling that Lou Duba prematurely celebrated the victory. Yeah. And I feel that with Duba on, 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 the, on the ring, um, Duba on the ring, it really distracted Taylor, and that's why Taylor never responded to Steel. Okay, that's actually why. And that, like, I, I brought it up to my, I brought it up to my dad. I was like, "Look, man, if you look at it, this man, the main reason why, because he's not even looking at Steel, because he's looking at the corner. Duba's on the corner, and then when they showed, he's like, "How do you know?" 
So they showed the first shot, which was basically like almost behind Steele. The second shot they showed at Steele and at Taylor, and you're so focused on the conversation between these two, you don't focus on Dugo over here in the corner. You're like saying, Taylor, Taylor, like, no, pay attention. So that's why I feel that at that point, if Dugo doesn't get on the corner, Taylor can respond to Steele. Taylor may have, at that point, though, with two seconds left in the fight, if we go back to another fight, if we go back to Mosey versus uh, Mosey versus uh, Mayorga, where in one second, Mosey just knocked him flat out. In one second, I don't know what would have happened in two seconds with that fight. Mm-hmm. Because you already had this man in the back, of, back into a corner. Two seconds, Chavez could <laughs> come up and just, boom, it's over. I didn't see him... Him do a Superman punch. Yeah, it, it could happen. And at that point, who knows if that last punch would have landed? What would happen to Taylor's life? If it was as bad as as Steele says, uh, actually going though to a chat from him, Taylor due to strong punches from Chavez, and also Taylor wore himself out. That's true. And then yes, Taylor was in worse condition. So that's why I feel that I see both. I see both sides. I see the controversy side, you yeah. know, again. And I also see, though, the side where Steele made the right decision. Uh-huh. Definitely. I When Steele brought him up and when Taylor got up for that last, like, second of decision, I did not realize how bad Taylor's face was. I'm like, watching the fight, you really, I thought it would have been more of Chavez just because you could kind of see more of Taylor, like you said, doing the Valiant punches and the, the I don't know if you could say fake per se, but just the volume of him was obviously a, a, a higher amount. And you would think for them being the volume, some of them or most would have got connected. But it goes to show that in the way that those punches really weren't effective on Chavez as it made it look like. And then when it came to Chavez throwing his punches towards Taylor, you can see for a fact that they were precise, landed where they needed to land. Taylor got the big damage, especially on the face, because both eyes was jacked up, swollen. Both of them. Well, that's why I think, you know, again, after the fight, they, they rushed um, Taylor to the hospital. I think he needed immediate surgery in, in his cheekbones. Uh-huh. Because they were both broken. Which, the only time that that's ever happened in boxing history that I could recall... Was just that one. Even when David Diaz got <laughs> destroyed by Manny Pacquiao, he didn't go to the hospital for that one. Crazy. Uh, the only other one, excuse me, if it were to go kind of gruesome injury, Antonio Margarito, when he fought Manny Pacquiao, I came out of his socket. Yep. He paid his, his purse, basically went for his eye surgery that night. Wait, who's? Antonio? Tony Margarito's dude, his his right eye was actually out of his socket. Ooh. Um, they they actually confirmed it. Um, Fernando Vargas, yeah, that's another one. Um, oh, that big eye swollen, bad. Yeah. Or like his head, whatever. Yeah. The same thing kind of looked like. Uh, what's your face from uh, UFC? Yeah, Joanna? man, she had like a forehead on top of her forehead. It was nasty. Ooh. She looked like alien, straight up. Literally. But yeah, but yeah. at that point, man, if, if we're you know what, uh, uh, everything you know, uh, tied all together, I feel that this will go down in history. And this is just me, it goes down to history as probably one of the greatest fights of all time. Possible mm-hmm. down as either you could look at it one of two ways either the biggest controversial time, which is bigger than Tyson and Douglas, uh-huh. or the best decision a ref could have made to save a man's life. Very true. I, you you have two you have two spectrums here. Either you this man just saved another man's life and did the right thing, or Don King wanted a trilogy and he. And unfortunately, if you look at the second fight that they had, because they actually had another fight, Taylor was not the same. Mm-hmm. That fight really changed Taylor. Yeah, I think so too, for a fact. But that's another thing too about Chavez. Like that just goes to show. That he, his legacy in the boxing world itself, like, like uh, Chavez himself, 
by far one of my favorite boxers. I didn't see him very much growing up, but looking at his highlights and looking at the last few matches of him, like you could just see why he's a great. He's a legend, no matter what, goes down as one of, or maybe even the best Mexican fighters to ever be and live. But I, I, that's just my thing. I, I, it, awesome. Very good. Um, to add to Uncle Lisbeth's thing, he may have gotten 89 to know. Um, most people, though, the main reason why they don't give the respect was because they never have heard of the fighters he fought until he got to Magic Taylor. Um, so you're looking at, now you're looking at fans who came out from the era of Salvador Sanchez and Zuma Nelson, uh, you know, which, again, uh, este, uh, Roberto Duran, you're looking at fans who came out of, the, out of that era and who now are transitioning to Chavez. And you're looking at Chavez as a, a kind of like, I'm sorry for the comparison, but as a kind of a Canelo, where there is no competition at that level, or if there's competition, either one Chavez didn't want to sign the contract or the other guy didn't want to sign the contract. So you're just basically putting him up against bums and against people who you never heard of, but just to build the Chavez name. Right. So that's why most people don't give respect to me. Honestly, the greatest Mexican boxer of all time, still to this day, and I don't see anyone actually changing my thought on this one. Salvador Sanchez. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen him. So there was. So this is back when boxing used to go. I think fifteen rounds, or was when you know what when um until there was a knockdown. Or excuse me, until there was a knockout. I think actually fifteen rounds. Salvador Sanchez gave you, he was the kind of guy, he hop, 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 but as he was hopping back, he was still punch with his left, punch with his right. Um, and if you, um, if you, if you were to watch the fight against Azuma Nelson, Azuma Nelson said it wasn't just the velocity of the punches that were coming and the volume of the punches, it was the fact that he, it felt like you were getting hit by bags of sand. And he was like, and it's not just the power punches. It's like, it's every single punch that came felt the same as a punch before. Oof. So even the Zuma Nelson said, I cried and I cried after the fight. It wasn't the fact that I lost the fight. I cried because of how hard he hit me. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, he, he lost his life. God rest his soul. May you know, rest in paradise. Salvador Sanchez. And uh, but honestly, though, man, you, I, I, you know what? There's another fight actually against Wilfredo uh, Gomez or Roberto Gomez, Puerto Rican, in Puerto Rico. Gomez got a, an ambulance at the side of the ring and said, "I'm going to take Sanchez and I'm going to put him in that ambulance." Eighth round, Gomez is the one in the back of the ambulance. <laughs> talking smack. Where talking smack goes wrong, that's the problem. Literally. So that's that's honestly to me the greatest Mexican boxer of all time, and unfortunately, just because of what happened, he, he will never get to you know most people don't re- don't remember his name or never heard of his name. Um, that's just me, but uh, that that's that's honestly all I got to say. Got you. Okay. Well, uh, guess that's it. Uh, any other any other stuff? That's, that's your dream, uh, Uncle Lisp. <laughs> Uh, not really. That's pretty much all I can. Alrighty. Uh, any final thoughts, SG three? Final thoughts is I cannot wait to see what happens in the sports world coming up. Um, let's let's see what happens. I I know a lot of people miss you know boxing. They you know basketball. Honestly, man, I miss sports right around now, man. Um, I'm getting withdrawals. You know, <laughs> straight up, straight up. I miss some b ball. I'm definitely like I'm. Man, right now, it's Champions League time for me, man. I had UFC, to start looking to see who's going to be in the Champions League final. UFC oh. fights right now will be really good. So, oh, man. Well, something. So, Uncle Liz, we just said we need a boxing game. We definitely need to look into that. Uh, but my final thoughts are, you know what? Um, for, for for right now, the way that things are coming up, I see I see a good promise. Yeah, I see definitely promise, and things are coming up. So let, let, let's go forward from there. Definitely, uh, Tony the Kid. 
any any last thoughts? Any final words? Sorry, you know, you, you looked at me, I looked at you, and I was, it was kind of confused. I was like, so, what's up? I'm like, what's up? You said my name? No. <laughs> uh, uh, final thoughts on my end, nothing much. Exactly. Just like you said, issue three. Definitely missing sports. Interesting to see. Uh, NFL is going crazy. It's still moving at the moment, so I know we'll definitely have some more news with NFL. Uh, football, even at that football Going on news in Europe, a lot more stuff's definitely gonna be coming. Of course, I feel like the whole voting and then for everyone saying that they don't want no games going on there, um, that's gonna be interesting. NASCAR's coming up. That we're, gonna, I'm pretty sure, definitely a lot of people are gonna be excited to at least some type of live sport at that moment, um, regardless of what it is. Especially being NASCAR, I think people are gonna be kind of tuned in on that. Um, it's better than marble racing. <laughs> ex- exactly. Um and then we'll go from there for any other legendary fights. We'll talk about that from next time. So otherwise that's it. Me Tony the Kid signing off. Alright, guys. It's me SG3. It's Uncle List, Tony the Kid. Y'all have yourself a good night. And stay safe. Bet. You too. <laughs>